Welcome to the Bald Move TV Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all the TV. You can find everything we do at baldmove.com because we are part of the Bald Move Network. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And I really butchered that intro. <laughs> no. Everything out of order. No, you brought uh, it. I, I tried to bring it. I can't bring it very hard tonight because my voice is ready to go. I've been sick. Real Aww. sick. For a while. So if you hear me coughing, if you hear me stuttering and... Uh, making all sorts of horrible noises into this microphone, and you know why. Because you're a terrible podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that fact, uh, what show do you want to start with tonight? Well, I think I'll start with reminding our listeners no. that the Bald Move Meetup is in Boulder, Colorado. Two weeks, About man. two weeks from now. Yeah. Friday, February 1st at 7 p.m. Actually, the guys are calling it 8 p.m. Yes, but we've been saying 7 p.m. for months, oh, so we probably no. should arrive at 7. We will arrive at 7. Start to drinking early. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be nice and drunk when everybody from the personal arrogance gets there. Uh, it's at the Avery Brewing Company. You can find out more information at averybrewing.com. And uh, I've got on good authority that I've got good beer. I'm rocking out to this song. I am, This too. is such a good song. It is. It's um, Riot Rhythm by Sleigh Bells. Cool. Which I f- was introduced to on the girls' TV show that we'll be talking about here in a bit. Save it for the show notes. I would say let's start with Downton Abbey. Okay, let's do that. Uh, so I'm going to approach this a little differently than we approach our other shows because we don't have a whole lot of time. We're talking about a lot of shows in this podcast. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to run down kind of the storylines, the threads, the plot threads moving through this episode. Uh, and we'll talk about each one. Let's talk about it just in general. Uh, okay. Because you, you just caught up to Downton. I did. I watched a shitload of television <laughs> over the last week. Uh, caught up with season two and uh, season how, three. How do you think it stacks up to the Breaking Bad and Mad Men's of the world? Oh, come on. Not, come on, Not man. that good. It, it got so soap opera-y. That, as especially said, in season two. In season two, yeah. Uh, season one was really, really good. I was enjoying it thoroughly. Yes. Uh, season two went a little soap opery. Uh, season three seems to be back on track. I like what they're doing with it. I do too. Um, what What do you think? What exactly went wrong in season two? Just I, I feel the bigger thing is delayed gratification. I was really yes. tired of seeing Matthew and Mary's dance. I was mm-hmm. really tired of Bates and Anna's bullshit at that. By that time, it's. Bates and Anna's storyline is still the least favorite part. When you are trying to take a stack of shirts and pull the drama out of that, it's rough. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, so it's exactly right. You're you're exactly right. They milked these things, these plot threads that have been going on for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Well, I think uh, Bates. I, I mean, and yeah, Anna with, are, are the the the. The With biggest Bates one, Man. because, like, I think at one point in season two, she's just like, I don't know if I can take much more of this. I'm like, yes, please, shoot yourself. <laughs> can we get some yeah. you know, definitive direction that this thing's going? So I think there were actually a couple of fuck-ups um, throughout season one and two. Season Lord one. Grantham's a f- weird affair with the maid. Uh, yes. Was that in season one or that two? Was season two? That was season two. Um, and still, like, not resolved. I mean, she left. Right. But – Nothing ever came of it. Like, that's right. that's the thing. If you're going to do something like that, you need to pay it off. Yeah. And they didn't. Um, the other thing was, in season one, um, I forget what I was going to say now. It totally <laughs> derailed me here. I don't know. Well, anyway, that's season one, season two. Yeah. We're now talking about season three. Uh, 
we had the first the the first episode is actually a two parter episodes one and two, mm. and then we just got done with episode three. And uh, conveniently enough, for our podcast purposes, we basically began and ended two different arcs there. And I'm stealing your thunder. Go ahead. Uh, so one of the arcs you're talking about is Edith's wedding, right? Yes. With uh, her, the old dude. Her courtship with Can't remember uh, his name. Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony, yeah. Sir Anthony, as they like to pronounce it, I right. think. Who I <laughs> – am I the only one that doesn't see a problem with this? No, you are not because I don't either. First of all, Edith is not that bad. She was kind of a real bitch in season one and kind of jealous. But they're, they're she calling was a huge her bitch. the ugly sister. She's she, pretty ugly. Is she? I think I, so. I find her at least moderately attractive. Now, she's rich and she's noble. You can't – and, and again, <laughs> it's like she was perfectly content to run off with the farmer neighbor. Yeah. I mean like it's not like she has got high standards, okay? That's they true. They can't marry her off. You would think the that they would just one, want to marry her off. The hot young one ran off with the Irish revolutionary for God's sakes. I, well, that uh, – see, okay. So first of all, let me calibrate my statement on saying that Edith is not hot. Okay. Because her sisters – by comparison, are incredibly hot. Uh, Mary, I think, is the second hottest. Yes. And I think the young one's Sybil. But most people don't agree with that. Most really? people think that Mary is by far the hottest, uh, most which people, I disagree. She's got uh, – well, the other thing is, because like, you know, we, we shouted him out last week. We're going to shout him out this week. Up Yours Downstairs was talking yes. about how her wedding dress was awesome. I thought that wedding dress uh, – Edith's wedding no, dress? No, 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 no. Uh, Mary's. Mary's. From the episode two where she actually got married, she came downstairs. Yeah. I thought yeah. her wedding dress was really shitty and gross looking and like I thought something Edith was better. It looks like it remember the bride story in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? You're losing man points here, but yes, okay. <laughs> no, for talking about Oh, I loved her wedding dress. It was so beautiful. Just, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I Fair enough. It looked like something a five-year-old would wear pretending Ugh. to be a bride. I didn't get it. I didn't like Creepy. it at all. I actually thought Edith out, out wedding dressed. Yeah. Uh, Mary by a damn sight. And I, I'm the same way. I actually – I don't know if I think – well, obviously Mary's better looking than she Edith. She out-uglies her by a nose. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Sybil just, like lives them all in the dust as far as I'm concerned. Oh, easily. Yeah. She's easily. stunning. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that is not the point that I was trying to make. Um, okay. I, I just wanted to qualify my statement on Edith. Okay. Uh, I do not remember the quote, the point that I was trying to make. We're earlier. trying to think we are – that we – I don't see any problem with her dating Sir Anthony. Yeah. Or marrying uh, well, him. Well, that was a big thing in season one, right? Like everybody was saying, oh, you're kind of ugly. Uh, you don't really have any attractive features, so <laughs> you're going to be a spinster. Right. And now they've turned her into a spinster. Congratulations, parents. Yeah. Congratulations, Sir Anthony. And the fact, like, I don't see, like, I, I, I kind of feel like this is going to irreparably damage your relationship with her father and her grandmother because, oh yeah, uh, the the Dowager Countess was right up there said, no, let it happen. You know, this is, has to happen in uh-huh. the charade. Yeah, uh, this is terrible. Plus, like, I feel like once you're at the altar, you got to go through with it. And it was, right? and it was, too, and I'm the whole time because I I got this twitch like. Oh, God, she's so happy and everybody's so supportive. Please do not fuck you. I thought, number one, he's going to die. <laughs> oh, boy. That would and be I'm horrible. like, how can you go on? But this is yeah. even worse. And, like, all the characters are even saying, oh, my God, I would even, like, hatchet face Miss O'Brien, <laughs> basically the wicked witch of the north. Is hatchet saying, hair, too. Her hair is terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. killing me every the little bangs of the curls. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but seriously, she's like, oh, if that happened to me, I'd kill myself. I mean, yeah. I don't see Pretty how much. I don't see how she doesn't just 
become a serial killer or something. Well, I saw it on Sir Anthony's face as he was standing with Bear at the altar. You could yes. tell something wasn't right because he wasn't smiling. Right. He looked concerned. But, but what's sad is it killed two people shot at happiness because I think Edith really would have been happy with him. Mm-hmm. And he obviously was thrilled with her. Yeah. So it's like, Jesus, I, I don't know. That's, yeah. Mm. So we'll see what but happens. That was with a nice Edith. little conclusion. I thought that was going to be it. Could have been in a season long arc. Another one. Uh, is Lord Grantham fucking losing his vast fortune? Uh, okay, that's uh, exactly where I was about to go. I want to do a little ethics test here with okay. you. If you're in Matthew's position, what do you do before that letter? Well, I just – I don't know what the alternative was. The alternative is to save your new wife's estate but and her future. But he's kind of got a point. That that's, a, that's really a vanity project. And that's it one is. of the biggest – Downton Place is not that bad. No kidding. Everybody's <laughs> like, won't it be ever so cramped? I'm like, fuck you, We'll bitch. only have eight servings. <laughs> yes, right. Like, man, it must be really rough. But that's that's kind of – I wonder if Julian Fellows is deliberately showing kind of how – Oh, certainly. How tone deaf – because he's obviously, I think, is very nostalgic for this period. But mm-hmm. he's also pr- 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 – I think he consistently portrays um, Lord Grantham as being an idiot. See, I don't know about that because I'm not sure if that's just like him showing the accepted behavior then – I mean, the, the, he's got a definitely strong moral center, but he, oh, definitely. he just definitely he does a lot of dumb things. And, you know, losing yeah. your wife's Eggs fortune. Eggs in one basket. Oh, my God. It was so stupid. Yeah. So it's like I actually got put off by Mary, you know, being such a bitch about what Matthew's going to do with his money. You know, and refusing to save the family. Because then when I saw where they were moving to, I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. For fucking real? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I and the thing is, is I thought sure that this was going to be the series, the season three version of the entail. You know that like I didn't really care uh, about that was the hook for season one. I was all about the relationships and you know the machination yeah. and drama and that. But it's like oh, so this is going to be this. I have no idea what they're going to go next to the, ser- the series. Yeah, it seems like a lot of those loose ends that could have drawn out the entire season are gone now. Please God, don't make this a mystery theater production with Bates and Anna. I, I can't stand that. I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> All right. Least so favorite part so of the So let's talk series. about them. That's okay. one of the other threads going on is Bates in prison uh-huh. and Anna's quest to free him. I why do you want why do you want to talk about this? Because totally it's part of the show. <laughs> let me ask you let me ask you this. Is it possible that Bates really killed his ex wife? Yes. I'm certainly. starting I'm starting to think like that might be where the show's going. Uh if he is, he's a really good liar. Do you think – because the thing is, like, when he snatched that dude up by the collar, and yeah. I think, like, he has to do that. It's in his contract. He has to do that once a season. Snatch, Snatch a, a fool up by the collar. Yeah. Pit him against the Thomas wall. Thomas in season one. That's his move, right? Uh-huh. And doesn't he do it in season – like, I think he might have, Oh, like, yeah. He grabs uh, his wife, the countess. The de- no, <laughs> no. Slaps her. No. Uh, but, no, I, I just feel like he has shown that maybe he is possible. It is possible that he'd kill somebody. I don't know. I mean, and his ex kind of deserved it. Uh, she, yeah, she's so, a loathsome person. That's who he who he snatches up in season two, right? I think His so. Ex, yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets he gets uh, a little little man hands with her. <laughs> yeah, he does. She totally deserves whatever came to her. Obviously, death. Yeah, hopefully, you guys have listened to me enough to know that I'm not a misogynist. But this uh, woman sh- needs needed to. Die. I said the same thing about Thomas in yes. season one. Yes, he's just an Thomas ass and he needed to be dropped on his head. The need to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's another thread. We I, we won't talk too much about Bates in prison. Although I do have one question. 
why did the guy warn him in the courtyard about the thing in his bunk that was planted? I don't know because I hope they address that next episode or very soon because that's kind of mysterious. Right. It's funny because I'm watching Oz and my extracurricular activity. How does this stack up? Uh, That's the thing is like I keep on expecting like you know Bates is going to make someone his prag or. You know, there's going to be like a, a kilo of heroin in someone's bunk, and uh-huh. someone's going to get shivved. It's 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 really warping my perception of these views. But yeah. okay, well, let's go to Thomas versus O'Brien. Oh, it's this on is... like Donkey Kong now, as of this episode. Oh, I just remembered the other thing. Um, so, okay, with Thomas and O'Brien, they have a lot of chances in this show, in my opinion, to really fuck things up. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm talking about the writers, not the characters here. Yes. They definitely are um, walking they, the high wire. So they introduce these issues that can easily be cleared up just by people speaking to each other. Sure. And this is the case where they actually did clear it up, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that they did. They didn't yes. fuck this one up. But I almost think it's because Mosley is so weak. Yes. They they played it a little bit on his character. Like if Mosley was Bates, oh, he would have yeah. ta- he would just taken it on he would have taken O'Brien's hate on the chin. Or, well, there's also the thing where he could have just said, hey, Thomas did this, like with the shirts or, right. or not the no, shirts. And he didn't. And he didn't. He was just too flabbergasted that, oh, people right. are mad at me. Right. Um, yeah. So I think one thing that they did fuck up in season one is Mrs. Padmore's blindness. Yeah. I think there, there were no consequences for that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just ended. They had the operation. Like, she's back. She's fine. Right. Never spoken of again. Why would it? Because to be emotionally impactful, it has to have some consequence to her, right? Well, I mean, I mean I, she was scared for a little while about the operation. That was it. And then Lord Grantham said that, you know, you're going to be all right. And he kind of like this, this misuse cancer scare is mm-hmm. that part two. Now, we don't know what the doctor actually told her. We, well, that's true. It you was never shown. And I could also, see Miss O'Brien or I'm oh, sorry, not Miss Brian. Um, what is her name? Uh, Hughes. Yeah, Miss Hughes. I could see her being too proud or or just I not know. wanting people to know that she's sick. I think that's correct, but the scene at the, her at the end, which is one of the best scenes in the show, ah, yeah. of Carson, like, you know, he's singing like, away. Like the, the weight of the world is off of him. Yeah. And her reaction to him seeing that, like, I don't, I think her reaction would have been different if she had told a lie. Yeah. Or what was, a great scene, you're right. Yeah, it was a great scene. Um, but <laughs> also, um, okay. I got to put. Uh, so, so we're talking about the Thomas and O'Brien war. Yeah. Let's lay odds on that. Who's winning? Oh, man. my money's on O'Brien. And mine is, too, just because I don't want to see Thomas win. That, and and I just think that when, you know, she fucking killed an unborn child. Like, like <laughs> Fair there enough. is not, I mean, she will, she's got a level, a gear mm-hmm. that is way <laughs> lower than I think Thomas. It's not that he's not capable. It just wouldn't occur to him to do something like that. Yeah. Because he's got I, – I mean, I don't know. She's just – Also, that kind of makes me feel a little shameful for rooting for her because she has done way no, worse things wait. than Thomas. I can't – Thomas is the schoolyard bully that, Certainly. like, you know, is going to accidentally get in pulverized by an MMA brawler. <laughs> All right. So – What's the guy Chuck the Iceman? It's like he stepped on his toes. You know, this is a schoolyard, the, the junior high punk, and he's going to get his face rearranged. Yeah, that's that's Thomas in this. Yeah, hopefully by Mr. Bates. That's who I want to see do it. Right. I also like um, Lord Grantham's protestations that he doesn't want to be 
the known as the Grantham who who lost yeah. or the ruined Downton Abbey. I'm like, too late, dude. You fucking lost an entire fortune, just like your. But father nobody knows you. that. That's I know, the thing. but he's like, I don't want to be known as. It's like, well, you already are, and and Matthew bailing you out hasn't changed that. Yeah, so you got to wonder why he would give Matthew half of his estate if it weren't for his failure. You know, yeah, right? Like people are going to put two and two together. I think I, I will say that manly handshake uh, was about as bro as it gets in <laughs> 1920s England, right? Yeah, that sure. is as bro as it, you can get. Definitely. Uh, the final story thread here is what I'm calling slut slut who cares. Uh, it's that bastard's mother. Uh, I don't give a shit about the plot line. Her, and I hate Cousin Violet. And, and can no, I say – Cousin Violet? Probably. Is, who's the Matthew's mother? I, I get confused. Uh, it's not Violet. Violet is – Violet's the dowager the, countess. Yeah, the countess, yeah. Uh, I don't know her name. I don't either. I can't stand her. She seems like she's got really? Asperger's or something. She doesn't understand social grace. Uh, I think she's there to disrupt the social grace because if someone wasn't there to talk shit uh, like her or, I mean, Lord Grantham – or sorry, not Lord Grantham, Lady Grantham's mother, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, they just sit around the table drinking tea all day. Right. Are we going to see Shirley McLean some more? Because I quite enjoyed her character. Who is she? Uh, She is – Oh, the Lady Grantham's mother? Yes. I don't know her name. Uh, The American – yeah, uh, yeah, she's a lot of fun in uh-huh. that situation, suggesting the uh, indoor picnic mm-hmm. <laughs> inside down, pl- down. Which actually kind of saved the evening, strangely enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the most annoying thing in this show uh-huh. – excuse me one second <coughs> – is uh, Slutface. I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. About to speak what is on her mind and running out of the room – Twice now. Yes. Twice. In two different episodes, there has not been a single progression of this storyline. And this might be period accurate that people actually did this, but it does drive my American sensibilities crazy. Because I'm like, just use your big girl words, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So that's pretty much all I had to say about Downton Abbey. Yep. Um, I'm going to let you take over for one of the other shows. Okay. Let's talk about girls. Uh what do you think about uh, – because you've got this another one you recently caught up to. Uh, yeah. You, did it live up, live up to the hype? Definitely. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed season one. It's brilliant. Uh, it, yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. What do you think about the charge that people levy against this that say it's um, not self-aware enough or that it's, it, it, the show itself is, has a lack of awareness? Oh, I thought it was very aware. I think the characters uh-huh. have a lack of awareness, but the show is very aware. Yeah, Charlie, of what's going for on. instance, is a great example of a character not having any awareness. Yes. Well, even Hannah's like like her speech to her parents about, look, I might be, you know, it, it's so self centered and narcissist, but the yeah. show knows that that's what she's doing. Yes, I totally agree with that. I can I'm, I can see why there is a certain type of person would watch the show and find it insufferable, but I find it entertaining as hell. I just think it's it's a natural floundering of people, young kids trying to find themselves, right? Figure out who they are and what they want. Yes, and like, I completely identify with. Like it. I know people that do these things. I've oh, yeah. been the person that's done some of these things. I've been on the receiving. It's funny to see it from because it's mostly female angle, right? Sure. And like to see situations I've seen on the other side of the looking glass. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like I, I've I've known guys like Charlie. I've known guys like Adam. I've been guys like Charlie. It's 
It's, I have it's... never known a guy like Adam. <laughs> really? Ever. Never. I mean, that guy is crazy. Yeah. I, but I have to say, his bluntness is just hilarious. He reminds to me, me a lot of my old buddy Ace Jace. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very much that. Yeah. But I, I the thing is, in in the beginning of the season, I thought he was a complete borscht ass. Hannah should leave him. By the end of the first yeah. season, I'm thinking this guy's actually a pretty stand up dude. Yeah. He. And I Hannah thought they were is, really good together. And, and and I'm flabbergasted that Hannah has just like she got bored with him as soon as she got him. Well, she's come, like, come on, man. She fell for the start of Community. <laughs> what can you do? Danny Glover is a cool guy. <laughs> yes, yes, but the thing is, it's like she's wanting to do everything. I'm sorry, not Danny Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Oh, jeez. Donnie Glover. Yeah, they're not uh, even related. Are you sure? Positive. <laughs> um, no, but I feel like it's like she's one of the most frustrating characters on the show because she is completely oblivious about, you know, she thinks it's like, well, I'm going to do everything opposite, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to set up all these weird rules like you can't say the word love. Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff, but then by the end of the episode, she's thrown that out the window, and she's back to being this dude's booty call. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's good stuff there. Especially their relationship is one of the, the main things that I like. Um, some of the other relationships I am not into. Uh, Shoshana, I love Shoshana. Drives me fucking. You crazy. don't like Shoshana? No, I hate her. Oh God, I love her. I can't. I could never date her or be her friend. <laughs> of course, but I think she's awesome. What do you mean? So you of just, course, you just like watching her. Yeah, oh yeah. Like okay. when she, the funniest thing by far last season was her coked up. <laughs> okay, that, that was pretty was funny. Hilarious. Where she's running around yes. and she turns up pantsless. Yes, <laughs> and kicks the guy. In the, the shit dick. that she says, and I think it was great yeah. putting her with um, uh, who's the uh, Jess Jessa. Or yeah, yeah. Jess. The, the French girl or yeah, well, I British, guess, whatever. British, yeah. The worldly one. Um, I thought yeah. pairing them up was a perfect, like, kind of sweet and sour, sweet and salty. It's like, you know, they, they really balance each other out. I don't know how that'll work outside that. I think. Or wait, are you talking about Marnie moving in with her? No, no. I'm okay. talking about last season. They paired her up with oh, Jess. Okay, yeah. Um, I also think that um, I'm kind of. Shoot, I, I forgot. Oh, that's the one sour note of season one is that Jess marrying the Wall Street douchebag mm. came out of nowhere. So I think that's going to blow up. Well, of I, course I, like, it will. Very soon. Next episode mm. is, is my money. Really? Yeah, like done. Hmm, interesting. I just don't understand why she did that. She's very impulsive. Yeah, man. impulsive, but she also seemed very afraid of like that kind of commitment. And... Well, it was a discussion she had with the mother of the kids who she was babysitting, right? Uh-huh. Like. That mom basically told her, you have no idea what you're doing with your life. You're scared. Oh. And, and that's when she went, oh, but my God, I, I'm going to go marry this guy. I kind of feel like that that's, that weakened her character because I feel like Jess, if she was portrayed in season one, would have been like, yeah, fuck that dried up old bitty. Uh-huh. She's just bitter about the choices she made in her life. Yeah. I. But you actually think that actually connected and hit, hit, hit her. I huh? do. Yeah. Um, it, it was just the way they played that scene. But I actually thought that. Jess, Jessa was like the normal one mm-hmm. of season one. I thought, ma- like, really? okay, she was a little crazy. She was, but she had her most, head screwed on the most best. grounded. Knew who she was. Yeah, yeah. And they've kind of flipped that a little bit with, well, a lot of it mm-hmm. with her marrying uh, Chris O'Dowd. I don't know his real name right. or his name in the show. I don't either. 
Hell, she doesn't know where he lives. Why do I have to know where he? What his name is? <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. So this episode, a lot. Of, it's interesting because a lot of people on Facebook uh, said that this show was very dark. I still find it hilarious, and mm. and the dark aspect was Mar- Marnie being hum- humiliated like three or four different times. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any sympathy for Marnie because she used Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically all season long, and kind of's got what she's coming for and then uh comes back and goes to the charlie well to hurt him again at the end of this episode so, so it's like i don't think yeah. that dark i mean i thought her and her versus her mother was comedy gold like her versus the, her mother yeah, oh yeah we're sitting there in outdoor lunch. cafe yeah. and i love the the final scene where they're both taking big gulps out of their wine glass <laughs> yeah and this is how i talk to my friends except worse yes yes like, and, uh, you know, I mean, then she got – the gay guy came on to her. Yeah, what do you make of that? I mean, at the end, she's, they both say don't try to be something you're not. Well, see, I think that's the thing is that him and, and uh, Hannah are kind of enabling each other. Mm-hmm. Like they're in total denial that their lives are bullshit and crap. Huh. You know, like Hannah thinks like, oh, I've I gotten over this relationship and now I'm I'm fucking a black dude and I got these sophisticated rules yeah. and I've got this awesome, cool gay roommate. And I'm I'm like basically living will and grace. And he's like the same <laughs> thing, like, oh, we're the best roommates and we're cuddling together. But, you know, he's like some gay older gay man, sugar daddy yep, yep. that he thinks is a bore and obviously he's not attracted to no, it's the other way around. He's not the sugar daddy. He's. Yeah, he's the sugar daddy. <laughs> okay, with double E. Yeah, double E. Yeah, uh, the sugar child, I guess you'd call that the gold digger. Sure, um, but it's like, yeah, it's you know, I mean, uh, I forget what the question you're asking. I, I just said, what do you make of of that scene? Like, why did he come on oh, to Barney like that? So I feel like that he's just uh, he had he that just disappointing experience, yeah. and also he really him and Hannah have this underlying kind of edge to their relationship they're they're still angry about the relationship yeah. they had before and i yeah. feel like that because i was thinking like god damn hannah's gonna come back anytime now hmm. i feel like that both of them uh wanted to was really desperately hoping that hannah would come home and catch them in the middle of the act and hurt her hmm. because that's the whole relationship like you know marnie's like are we cool and he's like oh yeah we're cool but they're not cool no 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 so uh, i mean you could tell by the scene in the bar where he told her uh, it just it just flattened her. It crushed her. Right, Hannah. But, but I think uh, what's the gay guy's name? Is it George? Uh, it starts with an E. Uh, Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. I feel like that he, he felt very kind of vulnerable and unwanted, and you know maybe he's going to try to be bisexual. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes from here. It'll certainly be awkward between them. <laughs> right. Um. I don't know. I mean that's. All I really had to say yeah. about this, I, although I got to say I do love the music in this show. Oh, the, the music is fan- so good; it is fantastic. Uh, it's it's really cool. So that's Min- it. Many a Monday have I fed a song from that show into Spotify <laughs> and be entertained all day long. Yeah. Uh, why don't we go to what I consider the main attraction, which is Justified? Let's save Portlandia for. Uh... Oh yeah, let's do Portlandia first. Okay. Uh, so episode I'm going to call it 303 because I'm using the Wikipedia. Okay numbering system it's actually the second episode proper if you don't count the christmas episode by the way imdb description of this episode is fucked up all right well i wrote down my own so this is missionaries (laughs) and the mayor uh, sends fred and Mm. carrie door to door 
to Seattle to spread the gospel of Portland. Yeah. And they have recruiting Chloe Savigny, I guess is how you pronounce her name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I recognized her. I didn't know yeah. what she was from, though. Yes. Uh, and she's been in a lot of things, a lot of arty films. I okay. remember she gave a dude a blow uh, – the, the director of – A blow jay. The Brown Bunny or The Long Road or something, a blowjob, like a graphic blowjob in a movie. It's like, that's why I know her. <laughs> okay. uh, this was weird for me to watch because I, once upon a time, was a door-to-door missionary myself. Yeah, creepy. And it's like, I, it was, that's the thing I love about the show is it's super insightful about a lot of different things. Oh, yeah, and like, super... How do they know what it's, what it's like to be that? And they get the, the inflection of the... The, the voice, uh-huh. you know, like when you're trying to convert somebody or you're trying to deal with like uh, conversation stoppers and whatnot. Uh, it's I, I just it's it was very surreal to watch that. Sure, sure. And they ended up getting w- exactly one person, yeah. which is about the ratio yeah. you get That's your success rate. <laughs> yeah, and there's clearly something wrong with her. She's like oh, yeah. you know easily influenced. Uh, I, I'm sorry, not, that's not fair. They I'm sorry, they dogs. got three people. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the two dogs. Fair enough. Uh, what do you think about the pedicab driver? Uh, I thought that was hilarious. We've been in Seattle. Have you been heckled by one of those dudes? I haven't, no. I've been like, uh, yes. I, I, I feel like that's true to life. I don't know how you do a pedicab in Seattle because it is so hilly there. Oh, God. I would not think that you Can would want to ride imagine? up one of those hills with a 700-pound dude. No. No. Seven blocks, a dollar a block. Uh, moving on to the highlight I thought of the episode was the Peter and Nance going to the doily shop, which was previously the not Store. Oh, you thought this was a highlight? With Jeff, Jeff Goldblum? Goldblum? Yeah. Jeff Goldblum is a pimp, man. How do you say it? Do you say Goldblum? You say Goldblum. What is it? I say Goldblum. Goldblum? Jeff I Goldblum. I thought it was Goldblum. I don't know. I think it's a U in there. Yes. Which is why I say Goldblum. It is. It is. But I think okay. I've heard it pronounced Bloom. You might be right. But I could – I am famous for mispronouncing Listeners, things. settle the this debate. The thing is, is Jeff G – and I've known this to be true for almost every woman. He vaporizes women's panties. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got, got some kind of animal magnetism that's it's an that aura. even as a guy can appreciate. I, and it's awkward, too. You yeah. feel awkward every second in his presence, but yet you are mesmerized. Pants are charmed off. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The what guy, did you think the, a hero. What did you think the highlight was? Uh, I thought the highlight – this is the episode, right, where they were talking about the TV? Like – Everybody's trying oh, to spoiler. Yeah, everybody's trying to discuss their favorite television shows, yes. but at least one person has not seen it, yes. so they can't. They're, they're like, "Spoiler alert! Don't tell me! I don't want to hear it." Even getting to like Darth Vader's really Luke's <laughs> yeah. bottle. What you know? Yeah, it's, Dumbledore dies. I no. feel like that every single day of my life when yes. I'm talking television with you, or I'm talking television with any of my friends. I, I like the exactly way like I, like, I like the way we do it on our show. Our show is very much a zero day phenomenon. If you don't watch it in real time, I don't yeah. give a because f- you know you have to choose to download our podcast or go to our Facebook site. You can't in good conscience say you're spoiling us yeah. when a show has premiered. Okay, that's I, and I and I am like that because and also I'm kind of famous for I don't buy the whole if you're spoiler you mm-hmm. can't enjoy it. I actually think this is a little bit of 21st century America pretentiousness. But what about Omar? Oh, man, he ruins Omar. I was spo- – that's the thing. I <laughs> – from listening to sports guys – Spoiler alert. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's Bill the Simmons audience spoiled, right now. Yeah, they spoiled all that shit for me, but I still uh, appreciated it when it happened. Like if a story yeah. is well-crafted, 
with few exceptions, even the Sixth Sense, after you spoiled it, you can watch it again and enjoy, yeah, like, yeah. oh, and see all the things that you're seeing. So we know all about this, right? I mean, Walking Dead, Breaking yes. Bad. We've had massive spoilers yes. for multiple shows, uh, some of our favorite shows, and we still – they're still our favorite it. shows. Exactly. I feel <laughs> so, like if people that are that way – I mean, I understand there's people like that, and I'm oh, not yeah. disrespecting you. I just feel like it's a little bit making too much out of the issue. Yeah, and I feel like – that is, that sketch kind of put pushed me more into the camp of not giving a shit about spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, yeah, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. I can't get together and talk with my friends about a show because not everyone has seen every piece of television ever made. Right, right. It's insane. Right. Let's just forget it. So, uh, moving on to episode three hundred four, uh, Nina's birthday. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually love it. Anytime Fred Armistead dresses up like a, a woman. Yeah. And he does stuff. it in the, the, the bookstore owner, Women and Women's First. He does it this. And this one where they flip roles. They yeah, flip genders. Carrie, Carrie yep. Brownstein. Is it Brownstein? Brownstein? Brownstein, I think. Uh, she dresses up as a dude, like a stereotypically dude with a wife, white wife beater. She got <laughs> yeah. this crazy-ass musta- hipster mustache. And she talks in this... Like, rides a motorcycle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But she's having a birthday party, and this is another kind of American, weird uh, American deal that... Uh, um, my phone's ringing. Is downstairs, so it's 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 gone. Um, it's just another American pretentiousness. I've seen like you know grown men and women taking a whole weekend to throw birthday parties. Sure, and I'm not judging you if you do that. I just that well, that seems like it's exhausting. Well, that's kind of the thing when they go to the bank to apply yeah. for the birthday loan. He automatically assumes it's for a child, right? Because does he? Most, yeah, he well, he whips out the form for the children, and he's like, you know, "What grade? Does she get good grades?" Like, and they're like, "Oh no, this is for an adult." And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's another form." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's that's, so, that's not uncommon. I mean, the stuff that she's talking about yeah. is like, you know, horseback rides and and sunrise <laughs> yoga and these crazy uh-huh. dinners and the celebrity appearances. Yeah. And- and it ends up bankrupting half the group there. They're yeah. taking out loans just to attend her birthday. And my another uh, great couple, the the Kath and Dave, which are kind of like the asshole couple that filmed the the uh, tent video from last season. They did the canoeing <laughs> before. They're yeah. always and that's a particular. They, they took this birthday party as an excuse to let everyone know that they just got back from a trip from spain, spain and like yeah. oh and they're they're doing the elaborate pronunciations uh-huh. and oh and this is and not what we would actually yeah, this is not spain. authentic send this back this is not authentic you know yeah, the, yeah spaniards they just they do the wine like this i'm like oh my god that's <laughs> jesus christ that is so annoying yeah and the reason all of that stuff really works is because we all know people like yes. that right yes uh, and it just hopefully it, we're not ever those people. Oh, I'm sure we are those people at some point. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've done the spoiler I feel like thing. I took and a said, don't tell to, me. I don't want to hear. I it. feel like I took a trip to Quebec and I came back a little bit like that. I was Ooh, doing like really? the, you know oh. really affected Quebec. Oui, oui. The Quebec is uh, <laughs> a, 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 yeah, yeah. I guess here I was we go offending all our Canadian listeners. Interestingly enough, Patton Oswalt was another highlight yes. as the Evite response comedian. <laughs> yeah, who gains fame. By making awesome responses to Evites. Right. Uh, I did think Plus 97 was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. And I also like the fact that he like he gets met, you know, and people are recognized. And then he's like, you know, uh, they're like, oh, do you go to any of these things? He's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a real thing, like some them. of the cons we go to. Um, like there are some professional convention goers. Mm-hmm. Like I swear to God, that's all they do. Yeah. And – Every other weekend. Yeah, and they're not really involved in the things that the cons are about anymore. 
Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I thought was funny in there. We probably won't revisit Portlandia for a couple of weeks. We'll let them build up, you know. Yeah, like we've always said, it's hard to cover a comedy. It is. I think Archer's going to be the same way. We just end up saying, oh, this was funny. Speaking of Archer, did you hear Seppenwall and uh, Feinberg's no. podcast this week? They said the first six minutes of Archer, this this episode comes out tonight, on uh, 10 o'clock, uh, January 17th, is the funniest Archer's ever been. Really? Yeah. Like, like they were both in hysterics just remembering it. <laughs> I'm, I'm with child right. to see this show. Yes. I'm ready for it. You Are know. you ready for the main event? I don't know if I can handle ding, it. Ding, ding, yes. ding. Justified. All right. It's justified time. Uh, we haven't been really – I don't think I mentioned what uh, episode of Downton Abbey we covered. But just, uh, Justified 402 is what we're covering now called Where's Waldo? We did 303 of Downton Abbey. Yes, we did. Um, Before we get started, I want to recommend everyone, uh, uh, it's, it's, it, it, whether you hate Chris Hardwick or love him, He's got a podcast called The Nerdist, and he did an awesome interview with Timothy Oliphant a couple weeks back. And yeah. I noticed it on my feed, listened to it. They don't talk about Justified hardly at all. They talk yeah. about Deadwood a decent amount. But Timothy is just super entertaining. I feel like he is not stretching at all to play Raylan. Oh, no. He is that guy. He I is like just that smooth. He is just that funny. He actually came on to the podcast and Raylan a uh, hardwick <laughs> yeah he was like you know kind of down putting the show and uh, making it seem like you know and making fun of his other friends projects well, Car- and... hardwick had a gun and he just talked it right out of his hands mm-hmm. <laughs> so no. yeah it's it's really fantastic if you're a, an oliphant fan check it out it is continue sir so the storylines in 402 of justified uh so there's it starts off with raylan and this blonde girl i don't remember her name Lindsay. Lindsay. um and her husband, which we find out much, much later at the uh-huh. very end that it's, it is her husband. Uh-huh. <sighs> I don't like this girl. I don't I either. don't like her. And I remembered why from season Her voice. Three. Her freaking voice. She sounds like a four-year-old girl. Yeah. Just she's pouty. She's I, – I don't like anything about her. I don't like her, her face. Her, her face is not bad. No, I don't care. man. She looks like a low-rent, like – Three quarters of the of the catalog through Frederick's a Hollywood girl. Oh God, I just don't like her. And she's unless they pull something out of their hat here, she's not there for a real reason. I mean, they're going to have to really do something interesting with her husband this time. I'm just saying that, like, because we always talked about how this show really nails female characters. Like Ava yeah. Strong, she's still interesting. Winona actually held her own against Raylan, the the season two mining company executive. Yep. Um, you know, obviously Mags, Mags. Of course, uh, Mags. even this fucked up family chick. I forget what the, uh, the, the uh, truth family, the truth family. <laughs> yeah. She was kind of awesome. Uh-huh. And did you know, um, something else I got on the Seppenwall show is that she was one of the ones considered to play Mags Bennett. Oh, really? Yeah. And Margot Martinsdale, I think, or Martingale, uh, beat her out. But I actually think she would have been a very interesting Mags as well. <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway. This Lindsay chick doesn't hold a fucking candle no. in the wind to any of those people. No, not at all. I I mean, even Winona, who's no longer around. Right. She was fantastic. I, I don't like this girl at all. I don't um, think she holds her own with the witty Raylan banner, too. No. no. Well, no one does, to be but, fair. No, but seriously, how hard is it to not 
come across as charming when you're trading sexy talk with Timothy Oliphant. I wouldn't know. I'm just saying. Honestly. It just seems like you seems like you'd have to work. I mean, everybody that he's on screen with kinds of shines, and yeah. she doesn't. She shines like a wet turd. Fair enough. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm interested to see where they go with her husband. Uh, that angle has not really developed enough to really speak about it. Okay. Um, other than he's a fighter and he challenged Raylan right up at the beginning. Right. So you know that's going to come to a head, right? Probably. At some point they're going to fight. He's going to get the best of Raylan you unless so? Raylan has a gun. Yeah, yeah, which is entirely likely. It's likely, but I don't know that he'll I, – I don't feel like the opportunity will be presented immediately. Okay. For him to just take this guy out. Okay. I think he's going to have to get the beat down. Fair enough. Once, but if he's the big bad for this season, fuck me. No, no, no. He's not the big bad. Win okay. Duffy oh, might be the big bad. The return of the, the <laughs> Duffy. With a haircut and everything. He's looking scary. Dude, him without facial hair is like yeah. borderline demonic. <laughs> like there's something alien and wrong about his face. It, it's the, the eyebrows or the lack thereof. Yeah. It's weird. And and he also has these, like, weird skin horns at the corners <laughs> of his mouth that looks like a mustache should be there, but it's not. <laughs> well, that's how his eyebrows are, too. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like, kind of like a horn, you know. It's like uh, he has faux hair yeah. on his face. It's not real. You know, like the warts on the side of a toad's head? That's what he has for eyebrows. <laughs> and it's really disturbing. <laughs> it's intimidating, for It sure. is intimidating. Hell, yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see what develops here with Win Duffy because Boyd is scared shitless of this guy. He has made a full, uh, rehabilitation from his time under the car- carpetbagger. Oh yeah. He's because, the show now. uh, Coral's scared the shit out of him. Yep. And now he is large and in charge and it's a good look. Boyd is not crazy enough to scare the shit out of, of Duffy. No, but in fact, I think Buffy, uh, Duffy, Buffy, <laughs> Buffy. Duffy. When Duffy the Vampire Slayer. That's a t-shirt waiting to happen. When not only turned the tables, he flipped the tables over mm-hmm. on Boyd. That was awesome. And it happened right after Boyd went in and flipped the tables on the Preacher. Oh. A- after an amazing scene there. All right. I mean, let's talk about Boyd and the Preacher for a second. Oh, it's. I, I kind of thought they were going to make us wait several episodes Me for this. But holy shit, what a good scene. Great scene. Um like you said earlier to me, it's preacher versus preacher here. I mean, we Boyd, we know, has been through all of this before. He can talk the talk. And the he thing can is, walk the walk. what you really appreciate, have you seen it? Have you done a rewatch yet? No. When you rewatch this, after you know that, you know, he's like, ah, the weak link is the sister. Yeah. The way they film and shoot that, where as he's talking, he's kind of like glancing all oh, around yeah. the room and they cut back and forth. It's like, it really is like, uh, you know, a sheepdog trying to separate the weak members of the flock. Yeah. And that's the whole reason he's going in there. The, 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 he, he, it's a fact finding mission. He's stirring shit up and seeing what, what, what happens. Yeah. And, and when, once he has found out mm-hmm. who it is that he's, he's really after here, mm-hmm. then he goes into his preacher mode. Then right. he's, he's showing his cards, right. you know? Right. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, I can't help but think this preacher is not all he pretends to be. Yes. Clearly. Why else would he be there? But uh, what really flabbergasts me is this whole uh, no money thing. Yeah, it was a good move. Yeah. It was a good move. And maybe he is not the one we need to be concerned about. Maybe it is his woman 
Um, do you I think I don't that he's? A, do you think he's aware of what she's doing? He might not be. That no. she's just using him because, like, you know, she he's got the shtick, and that she's she's just clinging on and right getting some money. Well, but I'm. Is it is it unfathomable that she's working with Win Duffy to move heroin into the the that the, the the source of the heroin is actually her? <laughs> Interesting. I had not that's thought of a, that. That's a perfect cover. That that's a good good hypothesis. I like it. Right. Because I do you think Wynn was lying about not knowing that his dealer was down in Harlan? Surprisingly, no. I don't think I don't he think, was lying. I, 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 I felt like both of them were caught with their pants down because Boyd had no fucking clue yeah. that Arlo went ham on that prison trustee. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Wynn had any idea that uh, uh, what's-his-face ate a gun yeah. uh, was, was down there in Boyd's territory. So how – did that guy get down there? That is a good question, and it, she may be the connection. So that's my that's my little theory. Interesting. I like it. Uh, so we also know Art is retiring soon. I guess because Patrick, and, this yep. uh, this dude from another and division, angling for his job from the city is coming in. Yeah, looking, it, looking Art, for holes. Art was on fire this episode. <laughs> he is. That long <laughs> soliloquy about how fucked up his his Marshall branch is. Yeah, I, I like how <laughs> yeah. White Marshall is. STD guy. Yeah, here. White Marshall's now been upgraded to Sniper Marshall. Uh, Black Marshall's still Black Marshall. Sure. I think I don't know anything. I although I didn't find out that she's left her husband. I guess. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know that, did we? No, no, no. Um, also, and then Raylan is Raylan. Raylan is, is certainly Raylan, and that was really funny. Him talking about all the dysfunction, yeah, it's almost like a sitcom. And he had probably the best line with the Marshall, the Marshall Stiffy. <laughs> I thought it yes. was hilarious. And boss don't drive. <laughs> boss don't drive. Words to live. Words to live. Yeah, when he right. said like who's driving, he's like the boss don't Made drive. Raylan drive. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Anyway, what do you think about? Boyd's relationship with Johnny. I feel like he's you know, really pushing him too hard. In season three, I I thought it was up in the air, too. Well, yeah. And then he showed that he's totally loyal to Boyd. So you think now it's coming around and Johnny's just getting tired of Boyd's shit. I think there's a little bit... I think he, I think Johnny's always been looking for an opportunity. Like, if, but if he the had right an opportunity, opportunity last along, season, didn't when? he? With Devil? You're talking about the well, one with Devil? I think Devil is <laughs> I wouldn't just a follow dumb, Devil That's anywhere, what I'm saying. Yeah. Which opportunity are you talking about, then? But Devil was going with uh, Quarles, Quarles, right? Yeah. So maybe he would have followed Quarles. Yeah, but again, Devil being the, you know... I, I feel like Quarles, that's the, the downfall of Quarles when he went after... Uh, although we kind of talked about the show, that was kind of a win-win proposition. He either gets him away from Boyd, yeah. which weakens his empire... Or he kills him. <laughs> or he kills him, which weakens yeah. his empire. So maybe not. But I, I I don't know. I just feel like that devil was a guy with a very limited skill set. All right. So and what Johnny do you think is that. going on with Boyd now? Or I'm sorry, with uh, Johnny now. I just feel like if Johnny had the right opportunity and the right muscle, he would certainly fuck Boyd. And he also, mm-hmm. the other thing we learned about him last season, he's insanely jealous of Ava. Yeah. So Boyd being riding Johnny hard, especially when Johnny's got good points that even Ava says, like, look, you know, I think kind of, you know, maybe we should go down there. And with Boyd losing his hold on Harlan. I mean, yeah. this, he's he, never really had a consolidated since his dad no. and Mags died. It's There's true. been his power vacuum that he has somehow been unable to fill. He's, he's been desperately trying and he's gotten a certain One amount thing of success. Or right. But now it's crumbling once again. Right. Can't even keep his whores in line. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's another thing. I mean, do you think Ellie Mae's gone for good now? I think so. I think she's on the preacher's side. I don't know. It was interesting seeing – that was one of the interesting things about the Boyd and uh, Preacher, Johnny, I guess. Well, no, his name's not Johnny. What is no, his No, I think name? it's Billy. Billy. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that she was watching like a tennis match. You know, like, you know, who's right, who's right, who's right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know because this guy – Boyd's going to stay in Harlan County unless this is his last season and die. And what is Ellie Mae going to do? You know, I don't know. I mean, Ava gave her a pretty strict ultimatum there. I mean, it was, you don't come back tonight to work. You're done. You're well, never set, setting foot in this bar again. Maybe. So I think she's done there. Right. Um, I also and the final thing. Yeah. That uh, Billy got a little, um, a little Pulp Fiction-y. He did some of the stuff he was quoting, like, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, they will oppress my brother, and you will know. My name is the Lord. He got a little my Pulp lady. Fiction in his yeah. di- in his diction, a little Jules. Did he? Yeah, I thought so. It's towards the end. Uh, who did? Boyd? No, Boyd, Boyd was straight ba- Southern Baptist preacher. Yeah, yeah. I thought Billy got a little Jules from Pulp Fiction quoting oh. the bullshit Ezekiel verse or whatever. It doesn't actually exist in the Bible. He doesn't seem like he has enough of an edge to pull off I a Jules. I don't know. I don't but know. Boyd t- turns it on. Uh, I like that. also want to shout out, because I bag on Rose... Rose Colton, Bruce Colton, I guess. Uh, Who's that? Colton, Colton, the Shelby? No, 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 no. The uh, the the Iraqi war vet. That's the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought his scene interrogating that dealer and finding that was actually pretty cool. Punching him, knocking him back down every time he tries to stand up. Yeah, he still looks like a fat sack of shit. Like, he's got the body of a 10-pound bag, a burlap sack full of potatoes, oh, and he looks like he's wearing a bad wig. You have so many people who are going to come down on you at once who you've insulted this episode. And I, can't I mean, even... Edith is coming to get you. <laughs> Whoa, I love Edith. I said she's hot. No, 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 no. You said she looked like a sack of assholes. No, I <laughs> No, I did not. Sure you did. I heard it. I thought Mary's dress looked like a no, sack so, of No, okay. Well, I'm going to agree with you here because I think this guy is not a really good actor either. No. I, I, I just felt like he was the guy on set who was not pulling his weight. Right. <laughs> so or he might have been come like, after like, me if you want. Like, so, yeah, some key grip. They're like, uh, <laughs> you're rocking that flannel pretty hard. Uh, stand in for one of these Harlan Hillbillies. Hey, yeah. you know, it's working. Yeah. We couldn't get uh, the guy we wanted, so step in here. Uh, I did like to see the return of Sheriff Shelby. Yeah. Yeah, and his relationship with Boyd. Obviously, he thought it was over. They were done. I think he fucked up letting Boyd back in his life. Absolutely. Because uh, I think if he had rolled tough on Boyd, Boyd would have left him alone. But now Boyd's going to be in his back pocket the whole that's time. That's the thing. He says, okay, I give you this file. We're done. And he's like, whatever you say, that's Shelby. That's what you said last season, you dumbass. Yep. Wow. So Boyd's going to come back to him again and again. Uh, Waldo Truth and Arlo. There's still a connection here. Uh, we learn a little bit more about Waldo Truth. We learned that the Drew Thompson's connection that he's actually the guy who flew that plane. He did not drop out of the plane mm. uh, and kill himself. That was a Drew Thompson guy. Is it? I'm very yeah, un- yeah. I'm very unclear about the fine uh, points of this plot. Oh wait, no, no. I'm sorry. You're right. I think you got um, reversed. I, I did reverse it. So Waldo this Truth got was an stabbed, connection too, which was is stabbed cool. in his buttock, mm-hmm. uh, and so was the corpse they found thrown out of that plane. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Drew Thompson is somewhere living high on the hog, probably on heroin money. 
Well, and I wonder if Drew Thompson wasn't money. the guy we met in the very beginning of the episode. You know, the old guy who's like, uh, well, I guess middle-aged guy who, like, saw the guy hit the ground. Saw the guy He's hit the lived ground. in the house. It was it happened right outside his house. You think that's him? See, I thought he was in the plane. Oh, really? See, again, yeah. I, I'm first, I'll probably get shit for this, but I really don't, hmm. I don't get so far what is going on. And Yeah, well, and I Art's think they have an has a connection. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, Arlo has a connection, right? We just we don't know enough yet, right? So interested to see where that goes, though. We did. I think that's one of the questions we had last week about whether it is def- definitively against Marshall policy to do um, jobs on the side, and yeah. Art definitely let us know that for sure. Um, uh, that so when they go to the Truth House, right? Oh, there's God. all this crazy shit going on. These people are violently ignorant. <laughs> yeah. That is a good way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Willfully, violently ignorant. Ignorant, yes. Uh, I cannot stand these people. No. I'm sorry. It made I, my skin crawl. Yeah, I was waiting for the, the marshals to just unload on them because these people do not need to exist. You know, uh, uh, Ted Cox, our old friend, yeah. the embedded Harlan reporter, mm-hmm. he wrote in, he said, uh, just one note of on uh, the realism for Justified. He said... Uh, uh, since I spoke to you last season, I've had seen five people from my high school class who stayed in Harlan that have been incarcerated. <laughs> Two for receiving stolen property and drug possession, one for burglary, one for armed robbery, one for attempted murder, in parentheses, firing on an officer in possession. Oh, he geez. says, all sweet, down-to-earth people. <laughs> <laughs> By Harlan standards. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like uh, maybe they're the truth fam. They're in the truth family. Yeah, possibly. Uh where was I going with this truth thing? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, they're they're crazy though. Um, oh yeah, I know where they where I was going. So what is the jurisdiction of the marshals? They are looking for fugitives, right? Yep. yep. So when the guy lights the joint, and they've got all these guns, they're not really going to haul them in they for that. Could. Are they? I mean, they're like could they? like they're all they are law officers as well. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, where their jurisdiction to prosecute people actually is. I, I mean, I think they Is could, it any crime that happens in the course of them investigating any, a fugitive? Any law officer that was witness to a crime, even in or outside his jurisdiction, yeah, has, has got authority the to— Citizens are supposed to as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I'm saying, like, I, I just feel like Raylan has said on many occasions about marijuana and drugs and other stuff. Like, I don't give a shit about that. I'm yeah. looking for a fugitive. I'm looking for this or that. So, yeah, I mean, their their bulwark is, is, is or ballywick or whatever you call it, is, is largely returning fugitives to justice. Yeah. So, or at least the cool parts of the marshals are, anyway. <laughs> Have you gone to the U.S. Marshall site? No. It makes marshalling look at look to be complete total badassery, man. Like they look like they're wearing like ninja navy seal guard and they're kicking down doors and it's like nice. you know, but I've I've heard that most of the marshals are like babysit courts and like just run prisoners from interest prison transfers and it's super boring. Oh. Well that certainly wouldn't make a good T V show. No, it would not. <laughs> Can you imagine Raylan sitting on a bus just guarding mm-hmm. a bunch of prisoners? Okay, well, that's pretty much all I've got to say about Justify. i got two more listener feedbacks on that, uh, short ones. Alex X, uh, Alex F agreed with me. 
uh, said that they didn't, he didn't like Constable Bob either. He's a believable enough character, and he works pretty well for Foil for Raylan. But here's the thing. He's annoying as shit. <laughs> and that's intentional, of course. Raylan's clearly yeah. annoyed by him. But there's a difference between a character who's annoying as a person and a character who's annoying to watch. In contrast, Jesse Pinkman, in early seasons of Breaking Bad, he was annoying and acted like a dumbass, but he irritated other characters, not the viewers. He was Good fun point. to watch, whereas Constable Bob is kind of grating. Agreed, and I think that's a problem, and it's no small accident that I like this show this much better when every other scene wasn't Constable Bob bringing down the action. Yeah. Tim G, though, took issue with me, said, I completely disagree with Aaron's opinion of opening season four of Justified. Five of ten? It was the best hour of TV I've seen since Breaking Bad went off air. I like what? zombie porn as much as any aficionado, but there's not a single episode of The Walking Dead that should rate higher than the lowest rated Justified episode. <laughs> oh, Let me ask you this. because bold. When I say 5 out of 10, yeah. unless otherwise stated, I'm, I'm judging on a Justified scale. Yeah, yeah. The same thing when I say Walking Dead. When I say Walking Dead 10 out of 10, that might be... An 8 out of 10 compared to the very best of Mad Men. Or, mm. And I, honestly, if I say 10 and 10 for Mad Men and Breaking Bad, that's like a 9 out of 10 for if I was talking about The Wire. Oh, go fuck yourself. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, that's how I... But I stand by that. I think that this was a mediocre... And the other thing is, I use the whole scale. 5 out of 10 is just mediocre. Yeah. Like it's a lot not of, bad. Like if you read a game magazine, yeah, they gave yeah. it them, like a five out of ten. It's the shittiest thing you've ever seen. It like doesn't yeah. even run. It burns your computer down. <laughs> five out of ten is just okay. Yeah. So I mean, if I said one, but um, and also like I just so so the theoretically there would have to be a one out of ten, right? Yes. I mean, if you're judging on a per show scale, yes. And there must be a worse episode of the show. I've never – like, the shows that we cover, I don't know any of them have turned into number one. But there has to be. If you're judging on a per-show scale, that show must have a worst episode. One of them must be rated one out of ten. No, I don't think that's – because you have to leave limits for how low something can go. And I'm saying that these shows are mostly excellent, okay. so they're just not going to do that. <laughs> All right. You know? I think you've got a flawed a flawed bit of logic I, there. I don't know. I don't know. How would you give it – like, if you gave the worst episode a one, then what happens when a show's even uh, – an episode's even worse than that? Yeah. Well, that's the problem, right? Especially if you give something – it works on the opposite extreme, too. A 10 out of 10. Right. What if there's another better if one? If it came to better, then I would say, like, it would it – would, I would move it – I guess I kind of get this mental hierarchy of shows where the wire's on top. Then Breaking Bad and, and Mad Men are jockeying for number two. And then you got mm. Game of Thrones and, and and Justified and The Walking Dead is below those. I it's Like if Walking Dead got a 12, I would actually leapfrog it and maybe it would go above Justified or something like that. Huh. So you have to be inside my brain for any of <laughs> yeah. my ratings to make sense. So really <laughs> none of this matters. Congratulations. Uh, you got me, Tim. Are you happy? You've ruined our shows. We're done podcasting. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. I think you. I, the reason I mentioned that is I think you can kind of work on the same thing. We when do, we're yeah. giving our rating scales. We're just talking about. We're not talking about compared to baseline TV. We're talking about within a show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the last question I have for you on Justified. Sure. How long before Dickie Bennett shows up? I <laughs> I've heard that Dickie and um, and uh, Dewey might not be in this season. No. Yeah. Man, that's just I, a rumor that I've heard on the Seppenwall's site. Maybe they're just saving up for season five. Maybe that'd maybe. be nice. But it's gonna it's it's weird to not have them in. A little bit, yeah. All right, that's all I've got, uh, and I think that's all the shows we covered. Ready for week. outro? 
Definitely. My voice is gone, man. Take all it right. away. We are part of the Ball Move Network. You can find all of our content at ballmove.com, including our full coverage of The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, and latest season of Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Uh, also, don't forget our affiliates, uh, Personal Arrogance Crew out of Seattle. This week, the boys talk about Colonial Space Marines or Messing with Cannon. Uh, then expanding the Star Wars canon, some more NASA news, and casino time. Meanwhile, our sister cast over at the Because Show, based in L.A., uh, Gerilyn takes the online Jeopardy test. Amy talks Money Matters. And I'm excited because I haven't listened to the show, but I've, I've read the show notes and some of the sites that they talk, like Mint.com. Yeah. Like, do you use that? Uh, I have, yeah. Mint is fucking fantastic for managing your money. It is. I'm actually it's scary. using something now called You Need a Budget. Mm. Uh, you can get it through Steam, and it's 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 less uh, past, like looking into the past than right. Mint is. It actually looks into the future and just says, "Okay, start now to right. budget." And also, it looks like she's might be falling uh, to the gospel of Dave Ramsey, which I honestly, if you're trying to get out of debt, you can do a lot worse than listening to Dave Ramsey's free radio show uh, hmm. for inspiration. It's kind of like uh, the biggest. It's, a, it's like the a biggest loser version for your pocketbook. Is he the guy with the uh, the crazy buttons and the the noisemakers no. who does stocks? No, 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 no. That's no. He's a fucking idiot. Oh, that's Don't Jim Cramer. Never mind. He's a du- he's a dumbass. Yeah. Uh, they also discuss books uh, such as uh, "I Capture the Castle" and "Cosmopolis." Cosmopolis. 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 Yeah. Onomatopoeias. Um, you can send us feedback at TV at baldmove dot com. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, all of our email addresses go to the same Don't place. ever so. say spoiler alert again. <laughs> you can send it to Watching Dead or Breaking Bad or Breaking Good or The Brains or whatever the hell. But TV, that's the that's the uh, insider shortcut. Yep. TV at baldmove.com. You can like me on facebook.com slash baldmove. Follow Jim on twitter.com slash baldmove. Uh, biggest way you can support us and help us out with this new show is rate us on iTunes. We just got our fucking link approved. Yep. So go in there, give us an appropriate amount of stars, say some nice words about us. We really appreciate that. It really jazzes us. You can also contribute to our bottom line by using our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.ballmove.com. It costs you nothing. If you're buying stuff on Amazon anyway, use the link. We get a tiny cut of Amazon profits. It's win-win. And finally, tell a friend. If you got some, uh, uh, you know, I actually did this today. I overheard a guy at my office talking about Justified. I sidled up to him. You sent him to David Chin's podcast. I did. <laughs> I said, you want to listen to quality Justified uh, <laughs> the talk? You go to David Chin's podcast. Then, if you want to hear us talk about some other, you know, morons talking about just random TV bullshit, you, you try our podcast out. Sure. But uh, anyway. Okay, that's, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll try to come back next week with a voice. Until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you next week.